0: Hello, folks, and welcome to episode 31 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and spirit guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, I finally interview Tommy Rogers. Tommy is the vocalist and keyboard player of one of my favorite bands ever, Between the Buried and Me. Later on, Jeff Waters of Annihilator discusses his first band, and I recommend Princess Kitten. I remember my first experience hearing Between the Buried and Me. I heard them echo from a parking lot while they slayed an unsuspecting Ozfest crowd in 2006. I actually didn't even watch them when they uh, played that time either. I instead was getting water, trying not to die in the Sacramento summertime that that Ozfest happened to fall in. But I heard something different happening. Like many fans, their breakthrough album colors changed what metal could be in my eyes and ears. Songs like Prequel to Sequel and White Walls have become staples in my life. Since then, the band has grown up and shape-shifted with every release. Their Parallax EP and album took the band to space, while the follow of Coma Ecliptic took them to the deepest parts of the mind. Their latest album and the first of two albums are releasing in 2018, Automata one is 35 minutes of pure bt bam greatness as of this recording i'm still recovering from the san francisco stop with the deer hunter and leprous. their set consisted purely of songs post colors which is understandable since the band just toured playing colors start to finish for the second time in their career the band has never dipped in quality so the set was hard to be mad about like i said i've wanted to Tommy on the show for a long time long before there was even a show actually so having him on was an absolute honor And before we dive into my Q&A with Tommy Rogers, here's some of Condemned to the Gallows from the band's latest Automata 1. of course, start with the new album, Automoto One. Why did the band decide to split the release?
1: Um, there's quite a few reasons. Um, I guess first off, we just wanted to release the album in a different way. I mean, I think albums come and go very quickly nowadays, and you know, things get overlooked, and everyone gets everything they want instantly nowadays. And I think we thought it would be kind of cool and different to. Uh, you know, create some excitement with this release and kind of leave you wanting more once Automata One is over. And um, I don't know, I think this is the right record to do it. There was a, a very natural middle point, you know, almost a intermission on the album anyways. Um, and it just felt like the right thing to do. Um, and hopefully it will, you know, more people kind of check out the second part. I feel like a lot of times second halves, of albums kind of get overlooked, and um, we're hoping because we're releasing it as, it as its own piece that possibly people will um, pay more attention to the second half, and um, yeah, but um, we did write it as one album, and we recorded it uh, as one album as well. We've decided afterwards to split it into two parts.
0: I've yet to read the lyrics to the new album, but what is the general story of this release?
1: Um. I mean, I guess a simplified version would be um, our protagonist in the story. His dreams are broadcast across the world as a form of entertainment. And um, most of the story involves one of his dreams where he is in search of his son and wife that he has woken up to in a different world and can't find. Um, So it's his search for family that we eventually find out is not real. And he finds out it's not real. But um, it's something he's kind of longing for in his life. And um, it kind of deals with, you know, society and kind of helping push him to be taken advantage of. And it deals with a lot with, you know, big business corruption. And um, it's got a whole lot of different layers, but that's probably the, um, the best I could explain it in a basic way.
0: Bands like The Ocean and Dream Theater are have strayed or are starting to stray from the whole concept album idea. What keeps you coming back to storytelling? Are you ever just wishing you could get away from storytelling in an album for the sake of getting something off of your chest?
1: I mean, yes and no. I, I think our music really calls for it. And, you know, one thing I've tried to do is create these stories that I, I can still get things off my chest. And I still have a very personal connection with, you know, either a character in a story or, or you know I, I i always try to find a way that i can get emotionally involved in what i'm writing so it's not just me you know being an outside you know being on the outside looking in telling a story you know i, I want to be part of that and i want it to feel like there's real emotion into it and uh, i think that's why this record deals a lot with you know be you know depression and and you know someone being viewed as someone they're not and um you know a lot of things that i think our society deals with a lot and i just kind of wanted to use this story as a platform to kind of create some discussion about some things and you know i've i mean at the end of the at the end of the day my job is to create lyrics that fit the music very well and i, I just think you know our songs the way we write it really calls for a you know story and and, and it's always I always try to find new ways to do it and and keep myself kind of motivated to write. And um, until that stops, I guess I'll probably do it this way.
0: The band has dabbled in a variety of genres and motifs outside of metal, including polka, bluegrass, and others. Uh, But is there a sound that you or someone else in the band wanted to include in a song that just hasn't worked?
1: I mean, when we write stuff like that, it's very natural. It's not like we're like, oh, that's, that's right up bluegrass part you know for instance the bluegrass part answer the sky it was um it was what it was the chorus the you know the melody and the chorus paul was messing around one day with that and it sounded kind of bluegrass and you know instantly we're like hey man let's incorporate that you know and you know we don't don't really think too much about you know when we do experiment it is very something that comes out of us very naturally and i mean there's lots of things that don't work um you know, when we write, you know, there's lots of things that are experimental or not experimental that just don't work. I, I think at the end of the day, we just, you know, we're trying to create the best songs we can. And, you know, if something's not feeling right, we speak up and, you know, we, we change the song to accommodate, you know, that, that part being uncomfortable. And, you know, a lot of times taking it out or changing it.
0: How has the Deer Henner crowd been at your shows lately? They, they are proggy in their own way, but more melodic so some and some of their fans could be turned off by the moments of death metal and occasional blast beats
1: uh, it's been great I mean we over the years we've toured with so many different kinds of bands that you know whatever you know we've dealt with it all we've, we've had people be really shitty to us we've had people not care you know but it's it's part of it you know it's not something that really bothers me honestly I understand that our music is different and it's not for everyone and um you know i think this tour has felt great you know the crowds have been great so far and I, I think you know the the people that are in the audience every night are you know they they understand that the the package is very different and that all the bands are very different from one another and i, I think it just makes it it makes it more fun you get to listen to different kinds of music rather than just hearing the same band over and over um i think it's a great show
0: some of the song Immersion Highway from the album Velcro Kid, which is some of Tommy's solo material. Tommy has released four albums now, under a few variations of his name, all of which you can find on iTunes. I'll be back with Tommy in just a moment, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Jeff Waters of Annihilator discusses his heavy origins.
1: First band?
0: Oh god. Um yeah and you don't mean like uh, cover bands you mean probably like when you actually make your own music uh whatever you started with the first time you're like, yeah, I'm in a band, I
1: think it was called damnation and it was
0: <laughs> uh it was uh right I think it was still in high school and it was uh my dad made up a big piece of wood and a little wood drum riser that we put in the driveway and because i I demanded that. Uh, that I we needed a drum riser and I forgot, oh, maybe you need to learn how to play the, the instrument and write songs and, and like get a place to put your drum riser. <laughs> so my dad built a little mini drum riser and I spray painted the word damnation and you can tell by that name that it was an ACDC style band. <laughs> Jeff and annihilator are out there on the road and will be throughout 2018 on the tour for the demented head to AnnihilatorMetal.com for dates and more on the band now before i wrap my chat with tommy rogers of between the buried and me here is some of his cameo from the devin townsend project album deconstruction this is planet of the apes Changing gears a bit, I follow you on Instagram and I see your son at some of your shows, especially on the West Coast states. Does he fully understand what you do for a living, though?
1: Yeah, he does. I've always, you know, since he was a baby, I always wanted him to be really a part of this life. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm in a very, I'm very lucky in the position I am in where I have some, some bit of comfort as far as touring and I'm in a band that is. You know very suitable for a child to be around you know we don't party and you know there's never really anything you know explicit going on ever um and it's just it's a great environment you know we're all great friends and they're all like uncles to him you know so it's i love that he's he's part of this he he sees what i do um i just i want to be a part of his life in any way possible and vice versa so i don't want to be one of those dads that's not hands-on and and away from um their child's life i want to be there a hundred percent
0: is he a fan of your music
1: um he says he says he is he says we're his favorite band but uh uh, yeah he he really likes music which is cool and he's he kind of he's starting to kind of listen to his own kind of stuff um which is cool because I, i really want him to really find what he likes um you know, and he's obviously exposed to a lot of different kinds of music but yeah he's always really enjoyed you know what we do.
0: Uh, you also have your solo albums that you've released. Um, how do you decide when you're writing something what winds up as BT BAM and what is solo whether it be a lyric or a song?
1: Um, I, I keep it all very separate I mean when when it's time to write with Between the Bear and Me that's all we do you know there's no that's there's nothing else to think about musically and you know, we all dive in a hundred percent, and you know, I normally write my solo stuff on the road when the band is touring. So it's all very, it's all very separate from one another. I, there's, there's never a point where I just have a lot of stuff written. I'm like, oh, what's going to be solo? What's going to be the band? You know, it, it all kind of naturally separates itself in a way. Is there a full solo tour in your future at any point? I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, as of now, I don't have anything planned. I'm not opposed to it. It's just trying to find a way to make it work financially and and logistically and you know all that is easier said than done and at at this point in my life I I have to make it worth my time to leave home for you know a month or so Um, so just juggling all that um, maybe something will possibly flourish in in the future and you know I think the music I've written I think could be really cool live you know I did a few shows years ago when I released my first album um, I did five shows on the east coast and it was really fun you know it was a lot, of, a lot of stress and pressure and all that but I don't know I think at some point I'll try to do something
0: Are you happy to have colors out of your system for the time being after the anniversary tour?
1: Yeah I mean it, I mean it, it. it's weird our music comes and goes so fast you know we're because of how our music is it's you know you can only really have one thing in your head at once at one time you know for instance we were writing and recording automata um before the colors tour so we weren't even thinking about colors you know and social on social media and all that everyone was you know it was about to be color time for colors so everybody thinks that we're like in that mode but we weren't at all we were in the studio and not even thinking about it. And then, you know, you get done recording and you have to basically just wipe all that stuff out of your head and be like, all right, now I have to learn colors again. And you know, once colors is over, you wipe all that out of your head and you have to, you know, either dive into what's next. And so, yeah, we normally have one set or one album in our head at one, one given time. So, um, that we've kind of naturally kind of figured out how to do that over the years.
0: So. I've just got a couple more kind of, uh, just other, other ones. Um, how do you sleep at night knowing that out there somewhere in a canadian dungeon devin Townsend has a puppet of you
1: i want that puppet devin (laughs) um i mean it's awesome that was such a cool experience i mean I've, i've been a huge fan of his since high school and just the fact that you know i consider him a friend of mine now is pretty unbelievable and that's I mean it's cool I was such a great album that I was on and and I really love that song that's one of my favorite songs on the album so um I'm very lucky to have been a part of that and you know I can't thank him enough for doing that and you know what a great great duty is and band they are
0: what were your musical beginnings like uh like how did you first start playing piano
1: I grew, I got into music real early on um I grew up playing guitar and you know I've always loved guitar I actually Originally, I wanted to be the guitarist in Between the Bear and Me, but we couldn't find a singer. So uh, this naturally happened. And, um, I mean, piano was nothing I ever really played. I kind of, you know, I was never I never had training in anything. You know, guitar, I just kind of learned as I went. And I still do. And, you know, piano was the same thing. I just kind of figured out how to make it sound cool and and learn how to play it. And, you know, honestly, I started playing keys in the band because I wanted to find kind of a new dimension to add to the music and I and I wanted something to do during instrumental breaks I didn't want to just sit there um so I got a little cool Novation keyboard and like right before Silent Circus and um just kind of started tweaking around and learning what sounds cool and what doesn't and you know from there I just kind of learned and learned and I think every year I get better um a lot of a lot of it's you know Dan's a very good keyboardist and he he writes a lot of stuff that I normally wouldn't write and it's hard as hell for me to play so i think i think dan's making me a better keyboard player because <laughs> all the hard stuff he writes
0: all sir well thank you so much for joining me in this uh break all the legs on the rest of your tour and uh have a have a good afternoon
1: all right well thank you for the interview and have a good afternoon
0: Between the Baron and Me just released Automata 1 via Sumerian Records. They are on tour now and will be throughout 2018 all over the globe. For all things Between the Buried and Me, head to BetweenTheBuriedAndMe.com and look for Automata 2 later this year. For this episode, I'm ending with a recommendation of the Sacramento melodic death metal band Princess Kitten. The band has folks from Flub, Jack Ketch, Awaiting the Apocalypse, and more. On stage, they disguise themselves in elaborate costumes and animal heads, so I'd, I'd highly recommend seeing them live. I'm sure it's a hell of a time. From their upcoming EP, Slang Monsters, this is Darwin's Death Squad in its entirety. You can get that song over at princesskitten.bandcamp.com and follow the band over at facebook.com slash princesskittenmetal for dates and future releases. As always, if you want to talk to me, you can head over to facebook.com slash farbeyondmetal. Email me at farbeyondmetaldan at gmail.com if you are in a band and you want to be on the show or if you want to just tell me how sexy I am. Don't do that. Or you can head to Twitter and I'm at ovacord. The show is at underscore farbeyondmetal. I don't tweet much, but talk to me and I might. And of course, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black via Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A
1: Catbox production.